So how do you make a community? If your community doesn't have one, well, the first thing I'd say is go find an example of another one. So look, it doesn't cost anything except an email address to sign up at DFWCPG and see what we do, or go and spend $65 and join a Naturally Network. Welcome to The Irresistible Factor, a podcast where I talk to founders and investors and retailers about what it takes to launch successful brands. From developing a compelling proposition and brand identity, to raising capital, to getting distribution, and more. My name is Christy Bridges, and I'm a marketing expert with tons of experience and a true love for all things health and wellness. Welcome to today's episode of The Irresistible Factor. I'm really excited today because we have a very special guest. His name is Richard Riccardi, and he serves the CPG community And the way he talks about himself is with counsel, connections, and capital. So I think this is going to be a really informative and helpful podcast for founders. So welcome to the podcast, Richard. Well, thank you. I'm delighted to be here, and I'm happy to help your listeners. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Let's just start with a little background. Why don't you tell us a little bit about you and how you got to this point, and um, then we can get to what you're doing right now. Okay, sure. A little bit of an improbable background for me to be so involved in CPG. I mean, it's branded CPG, that is. See, for 25 years, I co-owned and led my family's food processing business. And what we did is made frozen entrees for grocery stores. But everything that we did was either private label, that is a store brand, or we co-packed for other brands. We never had our own brand. And so I knew, while I knew a lot of things about making food and how packaged food comes together, I knew nothing about selling that food or why anyone would buy it at a grocery store. And then about six years ago, we sold our business. And so I said, well, why don't I go and learn something about the CPG world? And that kind of started me on this path to getting involved with the CPG community and then ultimately forming one myself. Can you talk a little bit about the community that you formed? I think that's going to be really interesting to hear about. Okay, sure. So here's what the genesis of it was, is that, so I wanted to start learning about branded CPG. And in in Dallas, even though my business was here for 25 years, I didn't know anyone else in CPG. So I wound up going down to Austin. There's a business, a CPG accelerator there called SKU. It's an excellent program. And so someone said, well, go find out about it. I went down there and I said, okay, I'll join and be a mentor. And it was a brilliant program. But as much as the program was so brilliant, it was the community of people that I found down in Austin. They have an incredible entrepreneurial system there. But not only do they have so many people, they bring them together through organizations like SKU and Naturally Austin so they can learn and share and grow with each other. So, of course, then I was lamenting, why don't we have something like this in Dallas? I mean, we're a big city. We should be able to have a community. And we didn't. Literally, there was no place for people to come together. So after complaining about it for a while, people said, well, do something about it. So ironically, I was introduced to my co-founder in this deal through an Austin connection. So someone in Austin had to introduce two Dallas people. His name is Rick Jordan. He's an attorney with Postinelli. And we're going to start something. And so we didn't know how we were going to do it, what we were going to do, but we just said, hey, we're going to invite people to have tacos and beer and uh, see if they'll come together. And over 100 people showed up at our very first meeting. So it was really pretty spectacular in that regard. So you kind of ask, well, why do people want to do this and why does the community want to form like this? And I think what you find is that many of your ambitious early stage CPG brands 
are formed by people who want to solve some sort of problem. They recognize a problem is an absence, is white space, if you will, and they want to solve that problem. But they're not necessarily don't have any CPG or business experience. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, it is the personal fitness trainer who develops a super high protein donut. But they've never been in CPG and they don't have any business background. And so you really find out it's very tough to go it alone when you don't have anything. Because not only do you need subject matter expertise, wait, there's some, reg there's some business regulations here that you need to know about. But it's just having people that you're sharing the journey with. Oh, you're also a, a founder and starter. And I'll tell you what, you know, great story from our DFW CPG community is the very first meeting. I told you we had 100 people. There's someone contacted me on LinkedIn, this young lady, and she said, uh, you know, can I come to this meeting I've heard about? And of course, I messaged her back, yes, because we're afraid no one's going to show up. So I was looking for anybody. <laughs> and she shows up and I meet her at the front desk and she says, you know, I didn't know there was anyone else in Dallas who was doing CPG. And there was 100 people in the room and she didn't even know anyone else in that room. It's incredible. Hey, it's one of our great things that I love to talk about is now two years later, she, her product is in every Kroger in the United States. Wow. So right now, we can't take credit for it as DFW CPG, but there's no doubt that there's connections and so forth that are formed because of this, because of our organization. And I mean, I won't go into all of them. There's always just within the past couple of weeks, someone was featured in a New York Times article, one of our early stage brands in Dallas. And I said, oh, congratulations emails me back, would not have been able to do this if I hadn't met and been involved with DFW CPG. Someone got involved in a, an accelerator program someplace else. Hey, congratulations. I would have never known about it and would have never done it if it wasn't for DFW CPG. Now, it's not to pat us on the back. Really, I'm, we're not looking for that type of credit. What we're looking for is validation. Hey, we're doing the right thing. And so let's just continue doing that right thing. So, yeah, I don't want to be boastful at all. It's just kind of affirmation. No, of, I mean, I think it's incredible yeah. because it is a lonely job at the beginning when you're founding anything. And when you're a when you're a sole founder, it's really hard to not only find the right people, but even be willing to ask the questions and brave enough to do that. So a, a group like that is so, so important. Can you talk about, or are you able to talk about any of the brands that you just mentioned, just the names of them? Oh, sure. And uh, I just don't want to embarrass anyone, but it wouldn't, I call her, she win of Purpose Tea is, uh, I'll call her the poster child. She was the person who said, hey, I never knew anyone else is doing it. And now she's in every Kroger. Okay. Or just the you know recent ones was uh, Rakasan Tea. It's a veteran owned company. They have tea. They were featured in the New York Times, and he's the one who said, Brandon said, hey, you know, would have never done it without you. Or uh, Darren from Green Sahara, she's coming out with a line of African-flavored potato chips, and she just got uh, accepted into a minority business accelerator. She said, never would have found out about it if it wasn't for DFW CPG. So, and there's a litany of stories like that, and that's, like I said, it's so gratifying and validating yeah. Yeah. what we do. But you brought up a good point. So people are afraid to ask questions. Well, first of all, you got to get to a place where you can even ask the questions or you meet. So how do you make a community? If your community doesn't have one, well, the first thing I'd say is go find an example of another one. So look, it doesn't cost anything except an email address to sign up at DFW CPG and see what we do, or go and spend $65 and join a naturally network. I mean, I advocate everyone at DFW CPG to go join Naturally Austin. There are friends down there and they do great things in the naturally network. And so I say, hey, 
go join those things. But then there is some virtue to having a local organization. Number one, there may be some things particular to your locale. Hey, there's business regulations here. There's an environment here that is particular to us. Plus, as much as we can see each other like we do right now, you know, wherever you are in the country through Zoom, there is some virtue about being able to go meet someone for coffee or lunch and have a face-to-face meeting. And so that, and you can only get that locally. So then how do you do it? And there's a couple of constraints. Obviously, anyone has a brand or anyone in this industry is generally, you know, engaged in a professional endeavor. So that is, poses some limitation, but I don't, I don't worry about that limitation. What I would say is your only prerequisite is a desire to help people. And that is what the engine is. It doesn't require any expertise. I mean, in fact, despite the fact that I made a lot of food and it was consumer packaged, I knew nothing really about the consumer packaged goods industry. So I'm one of the least likely people to have started an organization that's all about branded CPG. I mean, I honestly, I am. I had no expertise. Everything I know about it, I've really learned in the past few years. But what I had was a desire to bring this community together so they would help each other. And so that was kind of just where it all started is just, hey, I want to help people. And so if that's your desire, you can start it up and you can be as big or as small or as formal or as informal as you want. The objective is just to start and then you'll see how it comes together and morphs. For instance, DFW CPG, you know, we've got a website and so forth, but we're all volunteer. It's grassroots. We don't have an executive director, anything like that. It's just people coming together. So what I say is we activate and connect DFW CPG resources to help each other. So that's what it's really activating and connecting people is the basis of a community. So one of the things that's real important that uh, we find when you want to form a community is that, remember, the foundation is that you want to come help others and you do get some help yourself. But you have to make sure you're always doing both. You know, it's just very simple in any sort of interpersonal relationship. You have givers and you have takers. And so if you're a taker, you know, people will see that very quickly and you won't be as well received into the community. CPG community is great, very welcoming. I wouldn't be doing what I am today if the Austin community wasn't so welcoming and then found a DFW when we formed the DFW CPG community equally welcoming. But it's all, so I'll say this couple of things. It's not a place where you get together and meet and someone brings their pitch deck and puts it under their arm and goes meets as many people. Or you're not a, a marketing agency or something and you're just you know constantly there pitching clients yep. and giving yep. out business cards. That's not what it, it's about. And nor you know are brands just saying, hey, how can you help me? What can I get from you? It will come together very well. Uh, great example of someone who I'm very fond of and now close to is one of your recent podcast hosts or speakers is Scott Jensen. Yeah. Rhythm Superfoods. You want to talk about a great guy. I met him when I was a mentor at SKU. That's where we first met. Now we've co-mentored team, some SKU companies. We actually now teach it. Just last week, we taught a class for SKU for their tracks. And But a guy who is incredibly busy, incredibly talented, and then incredibly giving. Yes. And so that... He's a generous guy with his time and his knowledge. It's pretty amazing, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that's very common in the community. You find people who are willing, who really willing to help and want to help and want to see other people succeed. It's not just all about themselves. And I even see that at the earliest stage of entrepreneurs. 
that yeah. they want to help their fellow entrepreneurs. Yes. And sometimes I almost say, gosh, you know, you got too much on your plate right now. Don't be helping these other people, which of course is antithesis to what to my nature. But it really is astounding that they can step outside of themselves and their own needs to help other people. And so that's it's wonderful to see. It is nice. I'm wondering if you have a theory on, you know, the big CPG world is not like that. It's the startup, early mid-stage brands and the communities that are really helping each other. And I'm wondering if you have any theory on what the difference is. Yeah. So I I think that the big difference is necessity. And Mm -hmm. so, hey, I am the personal trainer now has a protein donut. Wow. So this is really great. Now, what do I do with this protein donut? And so out of necessity, you have to, you need help. And so Mm -hmm. you've got to connect with other people because there's two things. So it's necessity. Number one, I don't have subject matter expertise from my previous profession or what have you. And the second thing is I don't have the money to hire all this expertise to either hire people in-house or engage a bunch of consultants. I've got some money to do that, but I don't have enough money to have the, you know, this people on my immediate team or employ or under my engagement. And so that's the necessity. So I think that's a little bit of what caused it. And maybe it is a little bit of the entrepreneurial spirit, but I would say it's not entirely explained because some entrepreneurs are really, you know, cutthroat and so forth that you don't find as much in the CPG industry. That's right. Right. Um, So it just kind of goes into then. So you form this community and we talk about, I've talked about it up to now in a collective sense in that, well, we're all together and somehow we're all going to, there's going to be the synergy and ecosystem that's going to help everyone. But then how do you break it down to an individual sense? You're, you know, where you can get help and where you can serve. How does that happen? And what I think is wonderful is that you can form very meaningful relationships individually, like a mentor type relationship. And then collectively, if you're a brand, so let's talk about brands. I mean, you know, ambitious early stage brand, I may need mentors. And then ideally, I'd love an advisory board. And so let's talk a little bit about how though all those things might happen. So the first premise is, this is great. You've come together in this community and there's people who are willing to be helpful. Now, the key here is if you're truly interested in their help, Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, that's you a really just, good point. I'm I, I'm curious to hear you talk about that because I think you have to be open to getting help. Not just yes. Sometimes you get kind of focused with blinders on, and it's hard to accept that maybe you might not have been doing everything right. Right. I mean, some people are are infatuated with talking to someone, an expert like Scott Jensen, but is really not interested in listening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're infatuated that they know Scott Jensen. He can tell them something, but they're not very interested in listening. So, first of all, is just like anything else. Are do you have a learning mindset? Are you willing to learn? Yep. Now, one thing I'll add: as soon as I say that, I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. Doesn't mean you have to follow their advice. And so, when I'm talking with someone, I'm mentoring someone. They may or may not follow my advice. Hey. And that for a very good reason. Number one, my advice might not be right. If I look back at my own life, not everything that I did was right. So maybe my advice isn't right. And number two is, hey, ultimately, they know their business better than me. And they're the one who have to live with the decisions. And so they're the ones who have to exercise their good judgment. So I'd say from both sides, you want to be interested. If you really want help, people are willing to help. And then the people who do help and who do mentor have to be you know, willing to know that, hey, if they don't take your advice on something, that's okay. You know, that's okay. Yeah. 
sometimes I go, there's some imperatives, like, you know, I'll be talking with someone. I said, now, I never say this, but you got to do this. <laughs> but that's very, very rare and more just in a jovial fashion, or it's just so obvious and, and apparent. But how do you develop these kind of mentor and advisory board relationships? I'd say not only is that willingness to learn, but it's also consistency. So I've got uh, this young woman who started a brand and she'll tell me, Richard, the hour we spend talking every month is the most valuable hour of my month and everything that I do. Well, if that's true, then why haven't we talked for three months? And now mm -hmm. I know we're talking today and it might be three months before we talk again. And so, you know, you say profess it, but you really don't want it or you're not acting on it. And maybe my advice isn't as valuable as she says it is. No, but if she really did mean that, you think that she would avail herself of that you know, mm -hmm. more frequently. And here's the, the other thing. I have another one where I'm on an advisory board of an early stage brand. And so we had, you know, had a meeting and then it was, oh, well, you know, things were too busy. So we can't have a meeting this month. And then, so it was like two and a half months before we had the next meeting. And I said, I want to be on your advisory board and I, and I like serving on your advisory board. I want to help you. But if you don't have a meeting, if you don't take more of my time and have a meeting every month, you know, I'm going to drop out because you can't use me if you're just going to talk to me every two and a half months, every two months. So, I mean, and that's fine. Now I have people I have relationships with, Hey, they call me every couple of months just because they, they want some particular subject matter expertise some one pressing issue. That's fine. But when you're talking about a mentor relationship, it's got to be consistent. Now I've got the flip side, another young man that uh, I mentor and we, he comes to my house for dinner every month. And I will tell you, uh, I'm out of town one month, but we will have dinner at my house 11 times every year. And he never misses a time. And there's always an email right after our last dinner saying, hey, what day, what Monday or Tuesday can we meet next month? And I've got another relationship. We meet for lunch. He doesn't come to the house, but it's, hey, this is, we're going to meet again next month. And then preparation is, I would say, consistency is one key. Preparation is the second key. So this is great. I'm not here to just talk about how hot it is in Texas this summer or what the Cowboys are going to do this fall. Yep. Those are all, those interest me. And I talk about those things, but I'm more interested in, Hey, before our conversation, are you sending me an agenda? Hey, these are the three topics that I really want to talk about. And maybe it's update on the topic we talked about last month. So I want some preparation. And if you don't give it to me ahead of time, we get on the call. Hey, these are the three things that I want to talk about. And I would encourage you to not only be prepared, but that they be meaningful topics. Yeah, I think this is a really important thing to spend some time on because I feel like when people think they're networking and learning in groups like this, maybe some of that stuff isn't as important and they keep it really casual. But I think it's such good preparation for when you're going to finally ask for money from either friends and family or investors or whoever it is, right? Understanding that and getting into the practice of being really clear and concise and prepared feels like it's super, super important to me. Yeah. Oh, it, it absolutely is. When I get an advisory board call and the founder says, uh, okay, yeah, what are we going to talk? Um, let's spin up some updates. Let, let me think about the updates I can give you since our last meeting. You know, I like her, but that's not what I, I want to hear. Hey, these are the three significant things that happened. We're going to start yeah. with updates. These are three significant things that have happened. And also want to talk about how meaningful it is. So for instance, really, I want to talk about, hey, should you rebrand? 
And this is a big philosophical question. Is your brand and your trade dress consistent with your brand positioning statement? And does it appeal to your target consumer? And that's a really big meaty issue to discuss. Hey, as opposed to, gee, we're changing the color of our label and we're thinking, trying to decide between purple and green. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not it. Well, number one, I don't have the subject matter expertise and it doesn't seem to be as, as big a question. Now, you and the marketing business may say, Richard, you've just stumbled on the most biggest issue between purple and green. There's an enormous issue and it's 25% difference in sales. Well, that's your subject matter expert and you know that, mm-hmm. that may be the case. But mm-hmm. we want to talk about should you, you know, rebrand at all? Yep. Yep. And so those are the kind of topics that I think you'd want. But now let's talk about how you get a mentor. Because it's, you know, it's like any other relationship that you have, friendship or anything like that. I want to say, I say it's both. The growth is intentional and organic. So it's not like the first time you meet someone and say, oh, well, you know, I know that person's very smart. They might be able to help me and so forth. Will you be my mentor today? No, that's it's too much because, look, you don't know if you really want them as your mentor. That's right. Right. It goes both ways. The connection and the, yep, the rapport has to be there. Yep. Yeah. So you might start and this is how relationships start. I mean, hey, they've gotten connected with me somehow. Richard, can I have a phone call with you? I'd like to talk to you about. A, B, or C, or they've met me at some function, uh, you know, in-person function. Hey, can I follow up? I'd like to ask you a couple of questions about something. In general, myself, and I'm not unique, helpful. Sure, you know, you can give me a call. And then that's how it starts. And then always remember to be helpful. If you're asking, hey, how can I be helpful to you? So when someone's talking to me, hey, I love it when they say, Richard, you know, how can I be helpful to you? Well, I don't have a professional endeavor business, but you know what? If you find brands in DFW, that aren't part of our organization, you know, would you please encourage them to join? Be a little bit of an ambassador for us. So there's always something you can do. Yep. My big thing, and most people read a lot of industry, you know, trade journals or emails, I guess not journals anymore, they're emails. And I read a copious amount of them every day. And what I do is, wait, there'll be a story about uh, kale chips and I'll send that to Scott Jensen. Yep. Yeah. You know, and so I, that's how you kind of build up. So you might send something to me about, you know, CPG communities or something like that, just to say, hey, I'm thinking about you and not yep. any big deal, but I'm just thinking, I know you have an interest in this or, hey, I saw something about one of your DFW CPG brands. I know that you're involved in. So it just starts and grows that way. So then you've asked me for advice and we've had, we sat down and had that first initial phone call we've done and, and then the invitation at the end is, hey, Richard, would you mind if I called you next month to follow up? I want to think about what you said and try to imp- implement some of these things. And can I update you next month? Oh, gee, I you mean, you think you value my advice? And you'd like to do that? Undoubtedly, the answer is going to be yes, I'd be delighted to do so. Yeah. So then that's all part of the cultivation. And I don't know if it ever gets to the awkward high school, you know, are we going steady now? But it's, <laughs> you just, it just happens. And then that person becomes your mentor. You're starting to schedule something more, you know, more frequently. I love that too. I just think that it's so, there's something so simple about just reminding people that all the things that we do are just relationship-based, all of them. And being successful is about being a good relationship person as much as it is about knowing what you're doing and having an idea. Because if you can't get the other parts of it from other people that you need, then where are you? I think that's really interesting and simple when you think about it that way. It is. How do you want to have a relationship? 
Yeah. You just want to have a relationship. And and let me tell you, for the people who are, let's say, the mentors, and you think, oh, you know, this person's going to be calling me and I got to spend an hour on the phone with them, what have you. I will tell you that the relationship with the young man who comes to my house for dinner every month is one of the most meaningful relationships I have in my life now. So at first it was great. Like my business, it was a father-son frozen food business. And so that's how I met him. Wait, it's a father-son frozen food business. Now I'm 30 years older than him. And so I'm kind of like, let's say the father and he's the son. So they, it's an identical business to what I had. He's 25, 30 years behind me in terms of age. And so I thought, and then I know a lot about USDA and you know food processing. So it was going to be all about, hey, I can give you a lot of subject matter, technical expertise. Well, actually... I did wind up doing very little of that. Mostly it's about general principles of running a business, leadership. And then it's morphed into we've got a personal relationship. And hey, my wife will come out and he'll talk about his romantic relationships and yeah. all that sort of stuff. We talk about faith. I mean, it's it's just been, it is one of the yeah. most, we exchange books. It's one of the most meaningful relationships I have that was born out of, hey, I just want to help this guy with his business. And now- like I said, one of the dear, you know, I'd say a dear friend of mine now, or, and so let's say I'm not interested in any more friends and then, but I'll help somebody. Hey, there's another guy. He's the CEO of this little small packaging company. And so we've developed this relationship and actually what I do in talking with him and our discussions has helped me even enhance my business knowledge. So I'm getting so much out of it, you know, myself. So I know we're getting a little bit long on time, but I'll, yeah. I'll one other thing I want to mention. So now you've got these mentors. How does this morph into an advisory board? Because I think that's really important yep. too. And so, hey, your mentors, you just then, because you have this relationship, it morphs into, look, I'd like you to be, I'd like to form an advisory board so that I can combine the collective thinking of some mentors you know, together. And so again, this is not the conversation you have on the first date. It's the conversation maybe you have on the fifth date that you want to get together. You got to cultivate them in the same exact way. You've got to be consistent. You've got to be meaningful. You got to be prepared. All that sort of stuff that I talked about, the mentor relationship applies equally to the advisory board relationship. And in fact, Scott and I, Scott Jensen and I were on doing this program and this question came up and I said, look, here's real simple. Your results with your advisory board will be in direct proportion to the effort you put into it. Interesting. It's really that, that simple. One final note on that is be truthful in your decks when you have an advisory board. So I see someone advisory board, they've got the CEO of Mondelez, they've got the CEO of Tyson, and they've got Angie Bastian from Angie's Boom, Boom Chickapot on their board. I can dispense with all that with typically one question. I'll just say, when was the last time all of these people were on a Zoom call together? Oh, well, you know, it doesn't work that way, Richard. You know, they're friends of mine. I've met them and I can call them up for advice if I want. Well, that's wow. not an advisory board. That's right. So I have that's a question it. for you on advisory boards. At what point do you feel that it's right to form an advisory board? Like at what stage of a brand's life? Because sometimes I think people think, well, I don't need that. I'm small. I don't need an advisory board yet. When do you recommend that? The sooner, the better. Okay. <laughs> the sooner, the better. That. I, I mean, that because that's when you need it the most. Hey, you're going to get some experiences along the way. You'll always need help. We can always learn. But the sooner, the better you can form an advisory board. Now, it's a little bit harder because guess what? You're the personal trainer 
And so you don't know people. So then, gee, you've got to get plugged into a community. You got to help form a community. Then you got to meet people. Then you've got to cultivate them. So it, it doesn't happen overnight. You can't get too anxious about it, but you just kind of start working on it. You develop some mentors. And then at some point, you can bring them in as an advisory board. And look, remember, there's not a whole group of people out here saying, oh, I just can't wait to serve on someone's advisory board. It's an investment of their time and emotional energy into it. So I'm only going to get involved when I've got some connection and attachment to the founder. If someone just writes me on LinkedIn and says, hey, I'm forming an advisory board, I'd love for you to be on there. The answer is going to be no. Now, if someone contacts me on LinkedIn and says, hey, I'd love to have a conversation about CPG communities or kind of my subject matter expertise involves co-packing. Hey, I'd love to ask. Sure, I'd be happy to get on a call. And then who knows, we might develop a relationship that five months later, hey, would you be on an advisory board? And the answer is an easy yes, because we yeah. developed a relationship. So be truthful in your decks when you say you have an advisory board, because I've learned that's the one question I just ask, and that usually ends the conversation about the advisory board. Or they'll say, oh, yes, well, we meet the third Tuesday of every month by Zoom from 12 to 1 p.m. And they all, you know, not everyone makes it everybody, but we, you know, we make it a habit to all come, come together. Well, then my opinion of that company has risen tenfold. And more importantly, or concurrently, my opinion of the founder has gone up tenfold. Well, number here's what it says about them. Number one, they're able to attract these people who are not doing it for money or fame or glory, but are willing to give of themselves to that person. So it says something about the founder that they've attracted these people. And it says something about the founder that he seeking the advice of these fine group of people. So awesome that you're doing all this. It sounds like it's more than full-time. Sounds like you could be doing this 24-7. Is that true? I do invest a lot of time in this. And so look, I'm essentially I'm retired. So I do have the time and energy to devote to it. But you know, a lot of that is self-imposed. I don't have to take these phone calls. And so you, you know, you have to be judicious about it. And those with professional yeah. endeavors and brands have to be a little more judicious about. And so I'm going to have a successor as the head of DFWCPG. And I, I've told her, I said, hey, you're just going to have to put the funnel to it and not take every call that I would take. Yep. And, and that's okay. And, and you can still be very effective. I can guarantee you Scott Jensen's very effective with, you know, few, though he has to take fewer phone calls. Yep. Yep. I'm sure. How long do you see yourself doing this? Do you have any thoughts on what, where you want this to go and how you want it to, to be formed? Yeah. So, I mean, and this is you know not any secret. So DFWCPG has been around nearly three years. So at the end of this year, it'll be three and a half years. And what I want to do is have a new leader. And so we're trying, we're locating and grooming who's going to be the next leader. And it's not because I have less passion for it. I have as much passion as ever for it. But at some point, it needs new leadership. Someone mm-hmm. who's going to do something better you know, better than me. A funny little example, we have a newsletter and I was the first, you know, we starting this up. I'm going to be the first person to draft the newsletter. Oh, and I'm just doing wonderfully at, and it's fabulous and everybody loves it. Well, we transition that. And so uh, we transition that to uh, someone else and uh, she's come on and done a great job. And guess what? The readership rates have even increased. So yeah. I expect the next leader will do even more and yeah. have a greater yeah. impact. And yeah. so I'm not, and it doesn't take away what I've done. I've done what I've done, but someone else can take it and do even more with it. And that'll be to all of our credit. And ultimately it will do what we want is to serve more people better. Can you tell people on this podcast how to subscribe to your newsletter? Oh, just all you have to do is go to dfwcpg.com 
and there's a big button that says join okay. and you need an email address to join. That's the cost of it. And then you'll be put on our uh, email list for the newsletter. And, what, and what's great is that it's a very local focused newsletter. So that'll give you an example of also, you know, the local nature of our organization. And there's helpful things. We've got what we call huddles, which are little instructional sessions. Let's say we had one on co-packing not too long ago. And it's a more smaller, maybe about 20 people, 25 people on there. And you get a presentation, but you also have opportunity to ask questions and so forth. Yeah. So it's really, it's a, and anyone can come to our programs. No matter. We have people, I think like a third of our people from outside the state of Texas. Wow. Yeah. So okay. one of my companies that I'm on the advisory board, he's at all these huddle meetings. Yep. And yep. it doesn't matter. You know, we're happy to have any anyone come. That's fantastic. I mean, I think the knowledge translates. It doesn't, it doesn't only translate to Dallas, I'm sure. Absolutely. And those things, they don't. Yeah. Absolutely. But you're just not going to run into someone, you know, in DFW if you're on the, you know, virtual. But that's, uh, we love to have everybody and, and that adds to our group by having Amazing. people from all over the country. Such great stuff in here. Thank you so much. Anything else you want to add before we wrap up? Well, I think I would just reemphasize something is that in all of your interactions and all this, you know, go with that attitude of helping and you'll get more help than you ever imagined in that way. So that's how I would just say, just have that mindset and it'd be surprising how everything just kind of works in your favor. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Richard. This has been really useful and I'm sure people are going to get so much great advice from this. Well, it's been my pleasure to do it. Thank you for asking me and I hope that's seek to be helpful and I hope that's what I've done today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to The Irresistible Factor. I'm Christy Bridges and I can't wait to see you next Wednesday.